0: G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry, Podcast, our Friday Arvo edition. JLo and I dragged it out for a little bit and then uh, realised time was of the essence, so we sped through the back half of this because it's Friday Arvo, there's beers to be had, there's AFL trades to be talked about, there's basketball stuff to discuss, so what better spot to do it than in person, sitting across each other with a pint in hand. Uh, this podcast features a lot of those things, plus a couple of other bits and pieces. We look at West Coast and Frio and the moves they've made and if Frio have kind of got unders for some of the deals they've made so far, which I think they have, but I don't know. As a Dockers fan this the writing was on the wall for a long period of time. So I'm not unhappy with some of the picks we got. I feel like we could have pushed for more, but say they uh, there's plenty of big names still on the table that j and I talked about from a fantasy perspective as well who could be moving and might intrigue us, but a big chunk of the podcast was dictated by the over-unders for the Eastern Conference team. Like I said at the leadoff, less than two weeks to go to the basketball season, kicks off, pre-season's underway, so we've dove in through a bit of that. Victor Webanyama and Scoot Henderson have gone head-to-head that's chewing up a lot of social media and of the highlights have gone viral everywhere, so we unpack those things and then break down another important Mount Rushmore, a little bit wishy-washy, looking at some of the biggest trades in AFL history. So let's not waste any time. Here we go. Righto, we are in the same city, not in the same room as last week, but uh, bringing you a pre-weekend addition to the Sports by Fryer podcast. Happy Friday, JL. Cheers, mate. Oh, I nearly nearly grabbed a beer and sat it on the table with me. So unless you want to pause for five minutes. Five minutes? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, it should have be been a 10-second job. But no, that's right. right. I'll hold out. I will uh, might have to crack one throughout the podcast, though. Uh, before we dive into sport, you listen to the new uh, Kit Cuddy album? Yep. Yeah?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> oh, geez. Uh, I actually watched the movie, it's like, it's sort of a TV show movie. Um, Thoughts? Some good stuff? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's a bit, yeah, it's all
0: right. Okay. okay. I haven't watched it yet. I've listened to most of the album, but I've been hearing a lot of Cud saying that it might be him done as Kid Cuddy. Like he's released a lot of music. He might be, he might be putting the cue in the rack we got to accept these things as uh, as we get old. That artists stop. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. only five or six weeks until I'm 30. So, yeah, the hairlines are fading and Kid Cardi seems to also be fading. Uh, let's start start with some NFL fantasy because the boys, after going one and five across the first month of the fantasy season, or first three weeks, chalked up a pair of victories. Uh, talk well us done. through the uh, Alshon and Jeffries week. Last week, and looking ahead to uh, week five of NFL action. Well, look, Trevor
1: Lawrence didn't do me any favours. He (laughs) He called me on five. Uh, You know, honestly, I don't actually know who did well for me because the Jacksonville running back, Robinson, did nothing. Uh, uh, I guess DK Metcalf did well. I had lots of players sort of get 18-ish, which Mm. was helpful. And then uh, come Monday, well, it was Tuesday morning, I guess, waiting for uh, Leonard Fournette and Trav Kelsey, Kelsey, I think, were playing each other. <clears throat> so lucky Kelsey did well, but I was locked like one point under Kizer for a long time. And I was oh. just like, oh, no, like maybe Kelsey won't get another reception. And like Leonard Fournette literally ran the ball three times. But then luckily Kelsey got a couple more catches <clears throat> and uh, Leonard Fournette, lots of receptions. So thank you, Tom Brady, for that. And uh, yeah, we're back on the winners, not back on, finally on the winners list. Yeah. And uh, it's all uphill from here. Picked up new defense, got rid of the shitty fucking whoever I had, maybe the Saints or something. Yeah, Picked smart. up the Eagles. So uh, I feel like that's definitely something I've got caught with on in the past. So holding those defenses that were highly rated at the start of the season too long, just move on. Four weeks in, three weeks in, I'm on to the next one. So, uh, hopefully, Eagles, they got a tough opponent. Hopefully, they do well for me. Hopefully, Lawrence bounces back. And, yeah, hopefully, Metcalf keeps catching the ball.
0: Would be nice for DK to keep DKing. Yeah, yeah, I I went all right. I was pretty happy with the the win. It was, once again, boosted by good running backs, good wide receivers, and brought down by shitty quarterback and shitty tight end play. But, yeah, what can you do? Got the victory? Uh Russ Wilson just continues to emerge as the wrong pick for quarterback. Uh, he only had nine points against Indianapolis this morning as well. Luckily for me, though, the bloke that I'm playing has Jonathan Taylor just sitting there stuck in one of his running back slots who did not take to the field. So there's a donut for him and nine points from Russ. So they might cancel each other out. Same as you. I had the Chargers defense and all preseason, everyone's like, yep, Los Angeles is going to make waves this year. Defense is improving. So I was like, yeah, I'll hold firm. I'll stick with them for a while. But they just have not been getting it done. So I put in a claim to get the Bucks defense. Someone yep. beat me to it. I then put in a claim to get the Eagles defense. Someone beat me to it. So I'm left Very trusting the, the Miami Dolphins this week, who have your Houston Texans. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how they go. again. Oh, no, sorry. they got the Jets. Close enough. Yeah. Similar uh, bottom of the barrel, but yeah, I'm going okay. I've got big games out of Saquon and I was having a look. Th- I've got, I think it's three of the top, like 10 to 12 running backs at the moment. And i got Justin Jefferson, who I think is the number one scoring wide receiver. So there's a lot of holes still that need filling, but pretty content that uh, the rest of the boys are getting the job done. Congrats, mate. Yeah. Proud of you. Now, ho- hopefully we can continue the winning ways. Uh, do you want to, to pivot to footy or basketball first. Mm,
1: no strong uh, opinions. I just want to get to the uh, Mount Rushmore and get out to the pub. Yeah, so uh, whatever you think is going to get
0: us through this quicker. Yeah, this may be the uh, quickest long chat we've had, if that makes any sense. Uh, Jaden Hunt is in. Uh, pick 52 yeah. compensation-wise to the Ds. you reckon he'll be in the best 22? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Halfback or wing? Definitely. Do you see him playing one of those two roles? Because, I mean, he's, everyone's talking about his ball use and his pace that he can add. But I feel like he's going to sit more on a wing, which he might have to fight yeah. Gaffy or complement Gaffy rather, on the other side because you have blokes like Duggan and Josh Roth. Yep, yeah, shade up. Uh, there's a, a couple of other boys that will be rotating through that spot. But, yeah, yeah, what do you reckon you could see him fitting into Coasters
1: 22? I think they expect him to be a wing. It'd be nice to push Gaffy back out to a wing as well. He mm. played a lot inside this year, which is just not his role. Um, so Jaden Hunt's pace off one, Gaffy's space creation off the other. It's a nice complementary uh, midfield or wing duo, I think, Handle. especially with Red, Red and going, which was a bit of a surprise. But um, I think you know it sort of fits well. He's it's actually a pretty good pick up especially because we got him for nothing so i'm okay with it
0: yeah i did say i listened to jack redden's podcast with a uh, back chat boys with scoey's podcast and he was saying how he knew it was coming and then i think there's like a trigger in his claws so he got another year on his contract but he was like nah i'd rather just give the spot to a kid see how he goes but there's still some like you champ. haven't thought about Yowie, he gets to come back into that side as well. He's been battling yep. shitloads of injuries. So all of a sudden you throw Hunt on the outside and like you said, Gaffy can play his natural position in a similar spot. There were moments where bloody TK was lining up on the wing last mm. year. So I think they, Hunt just,
1: should... they do sort of rotate it, to be honest, yeah. the West
0: Coast. Boys. yeah. Hunt should be a pretty uh, interesting addition to that West Coast side. Uh, would you be keen on acquiring Luke Jackson? for the West coast? Cause I don't know if we talked about that tons, probably briefly, but do you reckon it probably from a football standpoint, it actually makes more sense for him to go to West coast than it probably does to Frio.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, sort of help Nick nut out for the next two years and then take right over. And, you know, it, it would mean that we don't have to look at a Ruck option through the draft and sort of building them up. It would be, it would make a lot of sense. I, I would be all about the price though. Um, mm. You know, I would rather try and play a bit of hardball and get Dan Houston over from board or or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't mind it if it was for the right price. It, it does make a lot of sense, like you sort of say. Um, yeah, timeline-wise, he's young. He fits right in. But obviously,
0: Freya have a pretty strong claim on the, the Jacksonator. And it seems like as trade week, which isn't trade week, it's like trade 10 days, but <laughs> as trade yeah. week progresses... Seems like Frio are kind of digging their heels in. They've got pick 13 and their future first rounder. They're like, that's all you get in Melbourne. Take it or mm. leave it. And Melbourne's like, no, nah, we want a future first plus something. I think they said like top eight or top seven. But Pops, if yeah. you're West Coast, yeah. like you said, it's all about the asking price. you got pick two. If you were to do that, a straight swap for Jackson, maybe. But there's some pretty solid talents at the top of this pool. And then it seems like the Ds want two first rounders. So pick two and a future first for West Coast seems like way too much. Jackson as well maybe like a future second but yeah I don't know I think he'll still end up at the Dockers by the time we chat next week but I'm very intrigued to see if there is a late play from West Coast just given the amount of draft capital they've got and the Mm. fact that it makes a lot of sense uh you've been observing Fremantle's moves from afar uh you guys
1: lost a few crew and haven't got much back is my understanding yeah that's that's it in a nutshell so
0: we got Logue out, Akers out, Tucker out, our third rounder and our fourth rounder. And we've gained Josh Corbett, uh touted Ooh. VFL performer. There's a lot of people who are like, Oh, yeah, that's a good get for free. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'd call it a good get. It is a get that he's a he's a one ninety K forward, uh, one ninety centimeter forward. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're kind of wanting to play half high, half forward, upper a wing a bit. I'm like, mm, yeah, we need blokes to kick goals, not to take marks 80 metres out. So, yeah. I mean, for, for the price they paid, whatever. But to then get, you know, we got North's second and third um, concession picks next year or second round and third round picks. So they're, they fall right after North Melbourne draft. So let's say they finish bottom four. You're probably looking at pick 22 and then pick 40 or something like that for Tucker, Logue and our future third, which isn't. Great, you probably think North wins that deal, and yeah. then um, on the Blake Acres side, you lose him for a future third rounder. Which, if it's Carlton, that's probably in the fifties, the early fifties. Which I don't know about you, but fifty-two went to Melbourne for Jaden Hunt. I think the Blake Acres is a better footballer than Jaden Hunt. So, is it salary based? Is that how it works? Well, it, in free agency, Games it is played or. Yeah, I think it's salary-based. But apparently, big reason why Blake Acres and Griffin Lowe went was because Frio just couldn't meet the demands. After all this Clarko shit hit the fan, there were rumours that Frio went back at Griff and were like, are you sure you want to go to North Melbourne? Like, we still want to have you. But they're offering him 750 to 800k a year. So he's like, you know, I'm uh, good to get out of here. Thanks, boys. Yeah, no. Can't blame the Blake. i would
1: take that too. Yeah, Yeah. fucking no.
0: But all of a sudden, you know, we tried to put... Jeremy Sharp in a potential Gold Coast deal. Gold Coast want the second rounder that's now tied to North Melbourne. Frio want to give up the second rounder that's tied to them. So that might still happen. But if you go, let's say they get Jackson for that proposed deal and they get Jeremy Sharp, you got Logue, Acres, Tucker and your third and fourth rounders out the door, plus your first round this year, plus your first round next year, plus the second round, so essentially giving up your entire 2023 draft Mm. hand and then you're getting in Josh Corbett, a second rounder from the Ruse, a third rounder from the Ruse, a third rounder from Carlton and Luke Jackson and maybe Mm. Jeremy Sharp. I'm like, oh, that's solid, but it still feels like Frio are getting a little bit fleeced this offseason, which is a shame, but what I've come to expect.
1: Yeah, I was actually hoping Sharp might find his way to West Coast just quietly.
0: I really rate him. I think he's a good player. You've got the capital. You could uh, just push pick 20 or 26 in front of Gold Coast, just dangle it and see what happens. I think he would be yeah. a solid fit. There you go, another winger. Yep. Uh, we'll any of these moves intrigue you that have gone through so far from a fantasy standpoint? Because you've seen Timmy Taranto go to Richmond. If he could keep his forward status, maybe he's one. But you've obviously have been big on TNT for the last couple of years. Uh, Darcy Tucker, I think he's priced at like 60-odd. If he's in North's best 22, there might be a bit of meat in the bone, but it doesn't seem like there's anything groundbreaking that's jumped out. No, where did Tanner Bruin end up? Geelong. Yeah, he went to Geelong this morning for pick 18. Did um did Cooper Stevens move? Not yet. No, there's been a couple of okay. rival clubs that have sniffed around, but it doesn't seem like he's going to leave. Similar with all the Port Adelaide blokes that have been linked in this West Coast-North-Port Adelaide deal. I don't think they're going to give up anyone, so... Yeah, so I reckon, let's be honest,
1: the move to Richmond makes Tim Taranto useless because everyone mm-hmm. knows Richmond midfielders do not score. So get rid of him. Uh, oh, no, actually, to be honest, I feel like all the... There's a whole lot of really solid fantasy prospects who've gone backwards. Like Same with the Geelong guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, Maybe if Luke Luke Jackson will be interesting next year, maybe. Oh uh-huh. no, you know what? He's gonna be splitting rock. Like this is definitely this trade period thus far. I'm probably forget someone, but has made not a really. lot of these guys not very interesting. Like maybe yeah. Jaden
0: Hunt might be worth a look. He might get a lot of midfield snaps. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: There's been a few blokes that have changed hands that I'm like, oh, that makes sense from like a football perspective but yeah i've been yeah. having a little bit of a tinker and i look through the trade tracker and i'm like yeah i'm not picking you in fantasy i'm not picking you if grundy and Gorn team up i'm probably picking neither of them mm. yeah it doesn't yeah, seem that, like there's been that a, changes
1: a lot of stuff if those two play together that makes the the r1 and two
0: so tricky all of a sudden <laughs> <coughs> might be uh tim english and nick down season who knows yeah maybe Ro marsh Oh, yeah, if he's solo, actually, Marsh. Um, yeah. One wish for West Coast over the next week, if they could potentially land a player, make a pick shuffle. GWS now has a bloody boatload of picks, and they're potentially looking at um, flicking a couple out to get pick two is a recent rumour I heard. So maybe you go from two to three and pick up 15, 12, something like that. But hmm. yeah, is there anything on the agenda that you want to see the boys do a week from now? uh no nah, I, I don't mind the idea of sp- the pick split
1: that they're sort of bloated a fair bit over the last few days um would love to see like another player come back in um like yeah. a youngish player like in the dan houston mold or sam pepper or uh ugh, i don't know i can't think of any others or all those guys who are kind of out there like say a cooper stevens you know like those young guys who've Played pretty well in their sort of one or two years in the league, but haven't really taken off. Grabbing those guys, I think, would be really good for West Coast and would make a lot of sense and would potentially sort of speed our timeline up a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't mind something like that happening. Um, but no, nah, nothing nothing in particular. Um, bringing a
0: cool player in would be nice. Just be good for vibes. It's all about it's vibes Jaden Hunt probably doesn't fit this bill, but it's always cool when you like you get someone in the door, you're like, oh, that's a cool player. To have. Dan Houston would tick that box, surely. Yeah, definitely. Don't think he's going to be on the move either. Uh, Xavier Dersma, Mitch Georgiadis, all of those names seem like they're pretty keen to stay in port, but you never know. Like I said, they've got a lot of draft picks, so they could just float something in front of uh, rival clubs to entice them. I think from an Eagles perspective, if you can go back from 2 to 15, and land another one of those GWS picks that are inside the top 20, that'd be a win. That makes a lot of sense. Even if you use it as trade bait, get some future picks, draft another West Coast gun, uh, WA gun, that bushlinger, bushlinger defender bloke, you could probably snag him with that pick. Mm, yeah, there's another bloke Brad Shepard's been
1: talking about in the West this morning. Forget his name. But he's a big body mid, not Elijah Hewitt, but some other guy. Um, who he reckons is a future two hundred gamer. So any of these West West Aussies would be nice. I do think Port's gonna have to budge uh, somewhat if they want these guys. You know, mm. like they can't just be like, no, no, hang on. Um, it's like the Kyle Merritt classic trade in fantasy football or NBA. He's he he thinks it's like fucking two K where oh you can fleece a side doesn't work like that. Like there's good list managers across the the league like there's 18 blokes who are whose job is to do this yeah so if port think they're going to get jackson horn francis for a couple of draft picks and get junior early for a you know for whatever they have to realize that it's not just going to be picks it might be players out the door so i think i mean you get jackson horn francis at almost all costs so you know they might have to give up a butters or a someone like this you know yeah.
0: and, you got to be okay with it. No, good old Jacko Jason Horn Francis, I think, will be. Jacko, yeah, whatever his name is. We co- we called him Jacko for a big chunk of this season, and I swear, since then on the podcast, we've just been calling him Jackson Horn Francis, which isn't his name, but he goes <laughs> oh, I would have lost so. Money on that. I would have lost money. Yeah, we got good old Jason Jason Horn Francis. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, right. um, yeah, my money is on him staying. I don't think Port wants to part with the players. So therefore it's probably not going to get done. Pick eight and their first round of next year. Like honestly, if they get Junior Rioli through the door, they were only a five game losing streak at the start of the year away from making finals. So expect them to crack the top eight again. So, you know, you get pick eight and let's call it pick 11 or 12 next year, straight swap for the Hornet. I'm like, nah, that doesn't get it done. So unless they pony up and ditch out a player, I reckon he'll stay. Uh, I have kind of shadowed over Frio's moves so far this offseason, but it's not terrible to see that they're like, righto, this bloke wants out. We're going to do the right thing by you and get him out the door. We're well, getting some return, but I've listened to all three blokes so far that have bailed and their introductory press conferences, and they're like, yeah, to be honest, so I reckon the culture at Frio right now is the best I've been at, at any club, which surprises me that all these blokes want out. But yeah, if we can um, just be a bit savvy... Get uh, Sharpie and Luke Jackson in and obviously sacrifice every pick we own next year. Uh, Things could happen. Yeah, just
1: want to be a little bit careful with the pick sacrifices. But yeah, I think you guys are still in a great position. You've got the future Brownlee medalists, potentially two of them. Mm. You guys will be right. You guys will be right.
0: There were half the blokes in that side that we played against Collingwood that had like less than... 70 games experience, and I think eight of them had less than 50. So I'm like, oh, we are still, like, relatively young. This Now that Monday's oh, left, yeah. there's only two 30-year-olds on our list in Mickey Walters and Nathan Five. So, yeah, sky's the limit. Uh, before we go into NBA over-unders, have you seen any of this Fichton, Web and yama stuff that's going on lately? Uh, like the couple of games recently. Yeah, so we played one overnight that finished at, like, or started at like, 3.30 our time. But I've watched the whole game of him against Scoot Henderson. Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Ballpark. Uh, This bloke's, like, maybe the best talent since LeBron, I reckon. Like, true generational type of talent. Some of the, like, sidestep, step step back threes he's hitting, the way he's defending the rim. I think we're going to see a serious race for the bottom of the league this year. Like, the paces with the exception of Tyrese Halliburton, they might just flick everyone out the door to try and tank. Utah's in the same boat. San Antonio, same boat. So I think uh, we're in for a serious race for tanking, which is kind of hilarious. If you want to go watch some cheap NBA games, you'll go over in America in uh, February, March. Feel free to get to San Antonio, we'll be, Utah. We'll be there. Uh, but, yeah, have you watched, have you seen any of the highlights or checked out any of the stuff that's been going down?
1: Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen the highlights. Uh, mostly through Sports by Fry's Instagram page. Thanks for that, mate. Um, Yeah, he looks fine. He's playing fucking a bunch of randoms. He does. I like what he's got to offer. Just like Chet Holmgren, I'm a bit worried about his size. Like any Mm. seven foot four bloke, um, he's going to have foot problems. You almost guarantee it. But he moves pretty well. He seems to have a really nice jumper. Um, He seems like he's probably equal to Chet right now and he's got a year of, Growth ahead of him, um, and the length is like
0: very Ridiculous serious. Say. Like
1: there was one shot, Scoot Henderson hit against him, but I was like, mate, he was a fucking bee's dick away from blocking that. Um, that three from the top good, of the key, yeah, good shot from Scoot. But like, and Victor was a mile back as well, mm. and so that yeah, he moves his feet really well. He really is like Kevin Durant. Um, but he's got to stay healthy. So I mean. <clears throat> he'd be, whichever NBA team is looking at getting him, I mean, all of them are, but there's probably four or five or six in the box seat. You would start bringing on the best sports trainers in the world this year. Oh, yeah. Get ahead of the curve. You would be like, all right, let's start to plan for Victor right now. And, you know, you can never have too good of a sports trainer, but if you've had someone who's been around the traps for 20 years, you might just look at getting... The, the world's best. Bring him over from fucking Barcelona or something, you know, FC Barcelona
0: or Liverpool or somewhere. I don't know where they might be. But. The Breakers probably have a good one.
1: Oh, yeah. The Breakers. Yeah. New Zealand Breakers. Bloody New O's Zealand stealing. bastards. <laughs> Auckland or Christchurch or wherever they play out of. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, he looks awesome. That's all I'll say. He looks good. Yeah. He looks good. You know who I you should wouldn't, hire?
0: I wouldn't put him on the LeBron James. Train just yet, yeah, mate. Oh, I think I will. Yeah, I think I've nah. seen enough. After watching, like, and not just the highlights, but watching, like, the full game footage and listening to quotes and, yeah, i put him up there. I reckon he's that. Like, I would say now that he's better than anyone in last year's draft class already. And like you said, he's got a full year ahead of him. Um But I also think that Scoot Henderson's probably not too far behind him before I dive in a scoop. Uh, do you know who they should hire? If you're near that bottom, you hire the oh, trainer that's been looking after Giannis. Cause that bloke managed to avoid major injuries and put on slowly substantial size. I'd just uh, find that bloke's number and just see if he wants a pay rise to move to Indiana, San Antonio, wherever. Yeah. Something like that. That would work. Well, whoever worked with Yao Ming for all those years. I don't know. Yeah. True. But another bloke, the injury. big man that had foot injuries. Um, Yeah, Scoot reminded me of a cross between Westbrook and Deron Williams, but, like, the peak of both. Like, athleticism of Westbrook, really fast, but his jump shot and the way he got to his spots, I don't know why it reminded me of Deron Williams, but just when he was in his prime, he could get anywhere on the court, set the table for teammates. I think that he's still a long way to go, but right now probably the consensus number two bloke. Yeah. Um, yeah, And I think that whoever gets him, you know, if you are Indiana and you strike out and get the second overall pick, that'll be huge. Like, he's also a game changing type of talent. Probably not the same level, but again, pretty elite. Okay. Let's get to these odds, boy. Yeah, we are flying. Good pace. Good pace. Uh, Start at the bottom or top? Bottom. All right. So last week we did the West. This week we're doing the projected over unders for the Eastern Conference. Uh, have a punt at who's number one, win-wise. Orlando. Oh, no, top of the top. Top. But it's also Uh, not Orlando. uh, Yeah, well, Milwaukee, but maybe Boston might be in there. Yeah, Boston just pipped Milwaukee, which surprised me. Uh, Indiana's actually right at the bottom at 23 and a half. I think they've still got some, like, half-decent pieces around the team. I know that, you know... They're no world beaters, but like I said, they got Tyrese Halliburton. They got some other handy trade chips as well. You got Buddy here with Miles Turner. Um, I'm blanking on who else is on the roster because the ESPN depth chart's not loading. But yeah, what do you reckon of the 23 and a half projected wins for Indiana? We've just talked about how teams are going to try and tank out the wazoo to snag Victor. You reckon they go over or under 23 and a half? So they've pretty much got Tyrese,
1: and that's it. Really, don't they? Pretty much, let's be honest. Yeah, I reckon they'll go under and they'll because they're trying to, you know, let's be mm. honest. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so I'll take the under there. And they could quite happily just be like, right, Tyrese, you've got an ankle sprain. Instead of playing through it, you're resting two to three games. And then all of yep. a sudden, that just helps uh, boost them down the order rather than up. Uh, the Orlando Magic are the next ones in line who, similarly to Indiana, I actually think I prefer Indiana's roster over Orlando because Orlando doesn't really have a piece, of franchise piece, although they did get Paolo Venqueiro as the number one pick. So hmm. It's a bit scratchy through preseason, but it is preseason, so I'm not really taking a grain of salt with it. Uh, Mark Fultz. this is the year he comes back healthy. That's what everyone reckons. I don't know if I believe, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait He's injured right now, isn't he? <laughs> Probably, yeah, actually. I think, he, I think, he's, he's, I think he's got footage. issues. something.
1: Yeah, I think he did. Broke a foot or something. Uh,
0: that is where our man, Bull Bol resides as well. So, mm-hmm. front court with Bol Bol, Bankiero, and Mobamba could just wreak some havoc. But John projected... Isaac
1: coming back.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, another uh, mythological character who we haven't seen on the court for a while. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 27 and a half for Orlando, which, you know, isn't, I wasn't going to say isn't woeful, but it's. You know, under 30 wins, again, for the Magic's pretty rough. They've had bloody 22 last year, 21 the year before that, 33 the year before that when they've scraped into the playoffs. But, yeah, do you reckon they crack the 28 mark? No, I think they'll finish
1: with the worst record in the league. I reckon they'll be in the teens. Oh, really? Yeah. do you, you say 28? 28. No way. <clears throat> no way. No not a chance. I reckon that they'll get
0: fucking nineteen. I mean, we've just talked about how these teams want to aim for the bottom. That's probably a probably not a terrible shout. I mean
1: Cole Anthony running the show. Gary Harris is currently injured. Markel Fultz is currently injured. They've got Wagner, who's I think going to be a good player, but Paolo's first year, Wendell Carter Jr.'s never showed much. Mo Bamba's like a sieve on defense. Mm -hmm. No. There are no a sieve, uh, a bucket with a hole in it on defense. Uh, he, he's no, nah, he's sieves leaps. right, isn't it? Yeah, sieves yeah. the one that you, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure sieves right. Yeah, you're kind of
0: filtering stuff out. Though you're stopping some stuff. So <laughs> true. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> My, so maybe eyes. being a sieve on defense is actually you know half a compliment. All this time we've been using mm. it as an insult. <laughs> like you know what? Yeah. You're actually just occasionally stopping blokes. Yeah. Uh, stopping the big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. The Orlando Magic will probably lose that could even be a sniff at a lock. You're talking me into it. 28 wins doesn't make a lot of sense for that franchise. And I don't think Paolo's going to improve that team by over five wins individually. So I, I think safe. he might make them worse. Just this like this oh, year really? only.
1: Yeah, only this year. Like he's gonna be a great player, but hmm. trying to fit a number one pick-in is never never easy. And there's every single kid on that roster, like we said, for another team, oh, for the Jazz, is trying to be like, oh, I'm the man, like, oh, keep me around, give
0: me a big contract. They're all fighting for it. That's That just doesn't work in the NBA. Tell you the one dude, before we get off the magic, that I am intrigued to see is Franz Wagner had a good yep. Eurobasket tournament. Um, yeah. He might honestly be the best player on their franchise or on their roster. Maybe. So, yeah. you know. Good luck to uh, French Wagner and the struggling Orlando Magic once again. Detroit Pistons next up. Uh, to hit their over, they'll have to get 30 wins, 29 and a half. They definitely got better this offseason. I like the hmm. supporting cast they put around Cade. Um, they drafted Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, who will probably take a couple of years to get on. But they traded for Nelan Noel, Alec Burks. They added Boyan Bagdanovich not too long ago as well. So I think this is a team that could, not probably reach the playing potential, but should crack 30 wins without too much fuss, especially if K takes another step up in development.
1: I am going to say under. Mm-hmm. And that's because if you look ahead of them, you've got the Wizards, who will do better than them. You've got the Hornets, who are a potential playing team. You've got the Knicks, potential playing team. Cavs, Bulls, Rabbit, Like, the rest of the teams in the East are really competent or above yeah so all of a sudden that you're right the top 10 in the east are pretty solid yeah these bottom three are going to get whooped so i would just pick detroit to fall under it there'll be improvements they'll take strides there'll be things that you know detroit fans can can sort of hang their hat on but i actually think they're going to struggle to get
0: did you say 30 is the number yeah 30 30 and 52 that have to go to hit the over
1: yeah i I'm feel gonna like take that's been in
0: that striking up. distance. Well, but you know what though, like
1: what did the, what did the, this is the West, but the Pelicans got into the plane with like 34. So you think they're a mm-hmm. playing team? I don't think they are. I don't think they're yeah. within striking distance and someone, some teams have to lose in the East if the top's yep. so strong. So I think I'll just take the under not, and it's not a really a knock on the, the Pistons. It's more of a, like a endorsement of the East.
0: Yeah. This is a, Detroit team as well, who's won under thirty percent of their games over the last three years. Twenty three wins, twenty wins, and then twenty wins in the COVID shortened season. So, and a lot of those guys are on that team looking for a second
1: life and scrapping. And so they're not necessarily going to be looking to fit into a system, which probably doesn't exist as good of a coach as Dwayne Casey is. I think mm. they'll be scrapping for their NBA lives, which could work for some players, but it's going to be there's going to be a lot of friction for a while as. Detroit figures out who are we throwing back on the scrap heap and then who are we keeping for the future. So I, yeah, I'll what's take their the identity? Yeah.
0: All right. Alright, uh, next two are tied at 35 and a half projected, projected wins. you got the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, which team do you reckon out of those two is a better chance of pumping that 35 win mark? Uh, I'll back Lamello Ball in. So mm-hmm. I'll
1: give the the Charlotte Hornets it's Not, don't feel strongly about either way uh, Yeah. if you get a whole season of Brad Beal and Chris Stapps well that changes things I just don't think we've ever seen that so I'll take Charlotte just
0: yeah I I don't have a strong conviction similarly either way mm-hmm. I mean Charlotte like you said they had a winning record last year they were in the play in Washington had Brad Beal banged up and they were 35 wins Kuzma looked pretty good last year in his new home. And they what trade? Oh yeah, they got rid of KCP for uh, your mate.
1: Yeah, Monte and Will. You know, they might do all right. We'll make them a bit They're better. I think I, winning pieces.
0: Nah true. I think I side with Washington purely from the perspective of they've probably got the best best dude in Beale out of those two teams. But it does a lot of it hinge on Chris Stapps' health. Um, no yeah. miles bridges as well for Charlotte. That could be pretty mm. dramatic if you know. I mean, that's what's up.
1: that's what's throwing them into you know disrepute. They were, mm. I think, they were on
0: the rise, and then that's happened. So you just like, yeah, uh, right. not exactly a move you can plan for. And you got bloody goran a no. uh, uh, Gordon Hayward who's had his own injury issues. I think mm. I may even put Detroit above. Charlotte slightly. Like they would, it would be close, I reckon. I don't think there'd be too much daylight between those two. Ooh. I could see okay. if LaMelo Ball, let's not call it flat like, actually, you know what? No matter what LaMelo Ball does, I just don't like anyone else really on Charlotte's roster. Like you got a yeah. starting lineup with Terry, who's okay, Gordon Hayward, like PJ, Mason Plumley, and then Oubre, JD McDaniels, Cody Martin, Book Knight, and the bloke that drafted Mark Williams off the bench. Doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence. So yeah, I think yeah. I'd go the Wizards to crack the 36 win mark, which you know they did. They had that record last year without a healthy Brad Beal the whole time. And they may have got better with the pieces they put around him. Probably not okay. a shitload better, but they still got a bit yeah, better. Probably, probably talking me into it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, similarly, I don't have a huge conviction either way. Do we take uh, it, do you think either of them are getting the over? Washington, yep. Yeah, I think. Okay considering um, they were 35 wins last year with a hurt Brad yeah. Beal okay. um and Charlotte probably the under but i don't have a strong conviction to bet on it i would just predict that they will slip under that mark i i could see them both going under
1: because yeah. honestly we we sort of mentioned it the teams above them i think have all got better or yeah are likely to win more than they sort of did last year, like, and the wins have to come from somewhere. I think this would be one of those years that we see like the biggest split between the tops and the bottoms of both conferences,
0: honestly. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be shocked. I think that's kind of where it cuts off a bit after the Hornets and the Wizards. I reckon the Knicks team is included. Oh, yeah? I mean, I'm not super high on the Knicks, but they could do some stuff.
1: They could I mean I think it all rests on RJ Barrett. What what yep, his there. improvement is like. We know what we're going to get from Brunson. Julius Randle seems to be moving backwards and I think he will continue
0: <laughs> to. Um Not who else do they get? Did they get anyone else? Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Randle and Mitch Robinson's probably their starting five, so you yeah. know they got Brunson. No, it's but... All all comes down
1: to RJ Barrett. Who I back in to make her another take another step forward um, yeah me too but I, I don't think they moved the
0: needle at all I'll take what was the number 38 and a half so just for context last year they chalked up 37 wins or well, year before was shortened but and that was when Julius Randall was popping off they had 41 wins and then 21 and 17 so I might give them the uh, I guess the question uh. is, are they better than last season? Because if they're better, they only have to win two more games to be better and hit their over. But what did they do? Yeah, but they added Jalen Brunson. They lost a few depth pieces in Burks and Noel to the aforementioned Pistons. But I don't think any of those moves are really going to dramatically vault them up the standings. I think that this is really, like I said, the flux point in the East. You could talk me into these boys having 34 Four wins, thirty-three. Or you could talk me into them pushing towards five hundred and being the nine seed in the play-in games. I could really see either I, thing happening. I'll take the even. I reckon thirty-eight <laughs> is what they'll get, to be honest. I reckon, yeah, you know, the over under is thirty-eight and a half. I reckon that, you know, there'll be a, a quad overtime draw and they'll get exactly yeah. thirty-eight and a half wins. Everyone fouls out. And yeah, uh, yeah
1: I think that'll happen.
0: They just have to split half. Put the that down.
1: Yeah, put <laughs> put money on the quadruple over time, everyone fouls out or Tied. or just tired, being tired. And, or, and the, you know, one of them might be playing a back... They might both be playing a back-to-back in the next day. But like, should, we, should we just... just, this, just like call <laughs> this.
0: It's, a, it's a one <laughs> o'clock Sunday <laughs> afternoon game against the Bucks. Like, you boys don't need the extra let's, win. Let's just take the half point, eh, Jay? Like, yeah. let's just call. Like, yeah, put money on that happening. Or Orlando and Indiana would be keen on that. They're like, oh, you guaranteed half a win instead of one. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're refueled. We're ready to uh, get to the important part of the waist, uh, west. The west, <laughs> the Western Eastern Conference, the very very polarizing Chicago Bulls. Forty one mm-hmm. and a half wins is their projected win total, which surprised oh. me. I was like, that's well, low, but. They might be without Lonzo Ball for the entire year at this rate. The bloke is having more opinions on his knee. I don't know if DeMar can look like an MVP again. I bloody hope so. Um, mm. They had 46 wins last year and looked great. But dropping five wins isn't impossible if they don't have a point guard for the whole year. I think that Lonzo's impact will really be missed. Like They don't really have anyone behind him. They got Goran Druggish, but I don't see him moving the needle oodles. Uh, Sayo How do you say his name? Mary's the fellow Dasomnu Yeah, Ayo Desomnu. I don't think he's a true point guard Alex Caruso neither yep. So yep. I see him going over 500 Yes So I think they hit the over But it could be tight Not, No I, I think they'll hit
1: the over If it's 41
0: but... Well 41 and a half So that, you know If they go 42 and <clears throat> yeah. 40 That's that's. Over. I think they'll get that I think they get that yeah, think, but like you said, everyone else above them. Um, I don't think they're all going to hit these projected totals. Obviously, but I'm like, shit. There's some talented teams, and these guys are what? One, two, three. Projected tenth in the East. 10? Oh, ninth. Sorry. Yeah, no, that can't be. Yeah, ninth can't in the be. East.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I'll give know. them the forty-two. I'll give them the forty-two and not much more. Um, because I, it seems like they're going to be without Lonzo for the year. No, I was listening to him. He, you know, because he I think he did like a little zoom call kind of thing to the fans or it might have been on Instagram live or some shit. And he was kind of like, yeah, look, I, I can't run or jump. like, so he's had the surgery, which is six to eight weeks to be reassessed, and then he's gonna have to build back up. like he could miss almost all of the season or at least to all-star break, and then he's got to re, get his body right, like, you know, his mind right after those injuries is always tough. So I I would take under because I don't think they've got... uh, Sorry, over, but not much over because I don't... I agree. They don't have the facilitator that they need. DeRozan isn't that. Levine isn't that. Mm -hmm. Somnu isn't that. Caruso isn't that. Goran Dragic is that, but he's fucking 50 years old. So I'll take the other. But they do have two of the best scorers in the league. So that's something... And True. their defense isn't bad. Billy Donovan's a good coach. I think he was the, he was at um, Florida, right? Yeah. And was he there when it was like Corey Brewer and Joakim Noah? Al so I think he's, def- he's a two time. Yeah. So he's a defensive minded coach. I think they'll yeah they'll get the over. They could go way over because yeah Rosen is the best mid range scorer in the league. Zach Levine's one of the best sort of three-level scorers in the league.
0: But I just think they're going to miss Alonzo too much, personally. Yep, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, 45 and a half is their projected win total. But they definitely got better by adding uh, DeJounte Murray this offseason. And I thought that they might have given up a couple more players. Gallinari went out the door. There was one other player, but they ended up mm-hmm. eventually just sacrificing picks. So they still bat pretty deep. Like you look at their second unit, you got Bogdanovich, the Holiday brothers, and Nicky Kong. Frank Kaminsky's there. He's a he's a dude. Uh, They've got yeah. some other pieces around that, and obviously John Collins, Clint Capella, in that uh, front court. DeAndre Hunter, I think, is a underrated three and D bloke, and then obviously the two All Stars in the back court. So. Uh, 45 and a half isn't, you know, it's 10 games over 500 and they've gone 43 wins and 40... Well, they were 10 games over 500 in the shortened season when they made the conference finals. So I could see it happening. Uh, I'm very, very high on DeJounte next to Trey. I think that that's going to work. And I think that's going to be yeah, a really I good agree. trade. But yeah, what we, do you reckon?
1: We got to see it today. They both played 30 minutes. Both had 20... Well. Trey had 22 on shit shooting. DeJounte had 25 on really good shooting. Didn't hit any threes either. They both look pretty good. Feels like Trey, is a, Trey seems like the sort of player who would actually give up touches. I don't know why I feel like that. Um, mm. But if there's a good enough player next to him, I think it'll happen. Yeah, I like their their... Their sort of an ancillary pieces that you just mentioned, like both the Holiday Brothers, like a kongu Kaminsky's a serviceable serviceable bloke. Um, Bogdanovich like- is still out there. I, I think they'll probably hit the forty-five, um, just over. I'll give them.
0: Yeah, another one that I reckon I don't, I won't punt on, but. Yeah. wouldn't shock me if they won 50 games, to be honest, like if everything breaks right. And John Collins, yep. who's been mentioned in trade rumours since the beginning of time, wouldn't be shocked if he stayed, captured a really good chemistry with those other two blokes. Uh, yep. The next team I reckon is very mm. tricky to pigeonhole in the terms of over-under is the Tarana Raptors, who I'm very high on. And I think right up there yeah. with the Cavs and some of the other teams around the league have a really strong foundation to Propel themselves into a contender without making more trades. Like, you don't need yeah. to make another blockbuster. They got Siakam, they got Van Scotty Barnes could be, you know, the best player. It could be top 10 talent five years from now, really. Like, he's got all the tools. I don't know if he'll reach that ceiling, but it could happen. Uh, and then, like we just mentioned a bit with Atlanta, they do bat relatively deep. You got Boucher and Precious Atua, good backup bigs. Gary Trent, great shooter. OG Ananobi, 3 and D stud, who you're still waiting for the year when he averages 20 points. Don't know if it'll happen with all those other scorers around, but he doesn't have to. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So over 46 and a half?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, They're definitely a sort of like uh, they're they're greater than the sum of their parts kind of thing. Um, And I think that's the way they play and have played for a long time. They added Porter Jr. Otto. They added Wancho, yeah. who I think yeah, well he just came off a really good Euro basket. Oh yeah, I forget he's there. Yeah, um, pretty much for nothing. So they got Bowie Cruz there. I, I reckon they'll do really well. They're long. They're good defensively. They've got enough scoring punch. They don't have that guy, but I think um, I think they're the that one team who probably doesn't need it. And it, see, Arkham's an all-star. Fred VanVleet's a
0: has he got an all-star? I feel like he's got one, but he might have been like Maybe a replacement once. once, you know? Yeah.
1: So, Maybe not. like There's going to be some internal growth. There's to, And I think Siakam's going to keep getting better. So, yeah, I'll take the over. He's not that old.
0: So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he did yeah. keep getting better. He's an all-NBA player last year, you know?
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: would you have more faith in them or the second favourite team of this podcast, the Cleveland Cavaliers? getting to 50 wins. Their projected win total is one higher than Tarana at 47 and a half. Who do you have a bit more faith in?
1: Oh, man. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think I've got a bit more faith in Toronto, unfortunately. I think I do too. Yeah. Um, just because they don't have to figure out a whole lot of moving parts or new additions. The Donny yeah. Mitchell, and he looked good. He looked good in the preseason game yesterday yeah. or the day before. Yeah, yesterday um, looked okay next to Darius. Um, no Mobley in that one, so they've they've got to get all those. guys. what is Mobley still?
0: They're just resting him. Got a sprained ankle, so he's out for a week or uh, two. Nothing serious, but I don't think he's going to feature much in the preseason.
1: Still going to be a lot of you know internal growth. Garland mm-hmm. gets better. Mo- hopefully Mobley will definitely get better. I uh, thought Jared Allen looked pretty average in the preseason, Um, got to interesting spots and was playing against Joel Embiid, but kind of got found out a bit and just made some like really simple mistakes, which I wouldn't have expected from him. So I'll, I'll take Toronto. I think you guys will be fine this year. Um, don't think you'll, I think you'll, what did you get last year?
0: 44 they had last year, but. They kind of fell in a heap. There was a point where they were bloody 31 and 17 or 31 and 19 around that mark anyway. So that projects out to like, yeah, that projects out to about 51 wins, something in the ballpark, maybe a couple more. I don't think they're going to get to that. I agree. I think I have, if I'm betting one of the two over, probably have more faith in Toronto hitting theirs. And I think 48 wins is right about, you know, they might be 45 wins, let's call it. They might be right about where the Cavs, uh, right in that mid to high forties range. So, yeah, yep. uh, Darius, I reckon I watched the whole let's call it eighteen minutes, like the first quarter and a half against mm. the Sixers, and I thought he Fair almost enough. almost looked like the best player on the floor behind Joel, probably. Uh, just the way that he was get similar to what I said about Scoot getting to his spots, dictating the offense. Uh, Donovan was a great. Well, not secondary score option, but, you know, I think they'll complement each he other was. well. But they're still yeah. like, there's still a wing <laughs> defender short, I think, the Cavs. You know, Isaac Okoro, he's a zero on offense, let's be honest. Karis Severt, yeah. he's the exact opposite. He looked all right. I yeah, think. he was a great scorer, but probably not going to defend a ton. I don't think Jay yep. Crowder is the answer that I talked about last week, but they just need, you could swap O.G. Adenobi from Toronto and put him on Cleveland. Sign me up for a, a fringe East Finals berth, I reckon. But yeah, yeah no, not I having agree. that pace, I think they still need to find that. And like you said, they've got a lot of moving parts kind of squash in.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you look at what happened with the the heat when they got, I'm not comparing you guys to the heat, but bringing those big players in, it takes time. It's going to take 20 games to just figure it out anyway. So yeah. I would say, and it's same thing's going to happen with Denver this year. You've got to figure out how to get all those guys back in. Um, so, yeah, 20, 20 games to get right. And you you can't lose those 20 games and finish on 50 wins.
0: Yeah, no. I agree. And Not you yet, know yeah. what? As long as they're hitting their straps when it matters, near the, yeah. you know, March Opposite or, call or post, last year. Yeah, post All-Star break, I'll be up at about. Uh, speaking of mm-hmm. the Miami Heat, 50 would be them hitting the over, 49.5 is their projected total. Last year, they managed to chalk up 53 wins. So... <laughs> And they had a lot of issues going on with, like, well, Carl Lowry was out for a big chunk of time. Then Jimmy was. Then Bam was. And they never had those guys playing at the peak of their powers throughout the regular season. And they then hit the playoffs, and it was a similar story. But I almost have more faith in the Cavs and the Raptors winning compared to Miami. Like, we've talked about a lot of teams, and a lot of the ones underneath them are going to go, we've said we'll hit the under. Wouldn't shock me if Miami was just a like tied with the Cavs or Raptors or, you know, in the mid to high 40s, like the Cavs, some, that area, which is a little bit of a slide from last year, but they're still in the contenders basket, but I ha- kind of have them ranked a little lower than some of the other teams are about to go through.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'll take, um, you said 50.
0: 50 would be them hitting the over,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll take just slightly under 48, 7. No, uh, hmm. 47's not a lot of wins.
0: But, you know, yeah. like the East is good now, man. Like Philly, Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, the Cavs, Raptors, Hawks, and you No, know I'll, I'll, I'll give them 50. I'll give them 50. Okay.
1: And then I think not do much in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Sounds very uh, Miami ish. Paid Tyler Hero yeah. the last week or so as well. And they've got. Good player. They've got pieces. But yeah, I still I have more faith in some of the other teams. Probably, honestly, to be honest, of the three teams below on the Cavs, Raptors, Heat. Cabin Raptors Hawks,
1: rather. Slightly. Maybe not in the regular season. I got more faith in those three going forward, like maybe into the end of the year. And you, you, we sort of talk about it. Do you think Miami is a team on the rise? Not really, but the other mm. three are. But what Miami has is a bit of continuity, actually a lot of continuity and like a real identity and an, and a knowledge of who they are. So I feel like they'll start well and slowly, Peter, whereas the other three, I think, with maybe the exception of Toronto, we'll sort of take a bit of time to get going and then hopefully peak at the end of the year. So, yeah, I think Miami better in the regular season, other three potentially better in the playoffs. Oh, I,
0: I'm almost the opposite. I wouldn't be shocked if we see like Miami, not struggle, but just float and coast through the regular season and then maybe upset in the first round, depending on where they finish seeding-wise, obviously. But they've still got some pretty top dogs near the pecking order, you know, Bam, Jimmy, Cole Lowry's no scrub. Getting old though. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I that's what I, I think yeah I think their their time is slowly ending, and I feel like we'll see that play out over the season. But of course, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, experience and seeding matters in the playoffs. But I think if I had to put money on it, I would pick the Hawks. Uh, who else do we say? Cavs and Raptors to start slower and pick yeah. up, whereas I think Miami might. You find from day one they've had got probably the second longest tenured coach in the league,
0: let's right be up honest. There,
1: yeah. And then you know a real a genuine leader in Jimmy Butler and oh and Kyle Lowry and some good pieces that have been around who understand the system. But then I think as the other teams gain momentum, like your Cavs and Donny Mitchell figures it out and Dejounte Murray figures it out and the rappers figure out who they are, then they will start to peak. It could go either way, but I, if I had to put money on it, I would pick that to
0: happen. Fair. I think the next team, I've got quite a lot of faith in hitting their over, talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, We've bashed them quite a bit on this podcast about being pseudo, or not pseudo contenders, that's not true, but just when they get to the playoffs, don't expect a ton. Uh, They won Mm -hmm. 51 games last year, which would exactly hit their over at 50 and a half projected wins, but they were 49 and 23 the year before that. I think we're going to see an MVP year from Joel Embiid. I don't know what we're going to get from James Harden, but it seems like he's engaged and switched on for now. But I think Tyrese Maxey, and I know he's blowing up the preseason, but he showed it in the playoffs last year that he could be like a legitimate all-star type dude. Don't know if you'll get the touches enough with those guys to fill up the stat sheet and push for that type of crown. But I think that the Sixers got a bit deeper. They probably got a bit better. And they probably deserve to be over the win total that they hit last year whilst they were still trying to reintegrate James and he was half injured. So I've got Did the flag to the get Sixers. Deeper? Uh Let me have a look. They got, they got um, Tucker. DeAnthony Melton was another big one, big addition. They basically picked him up for nothing in the trade period and uh, the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montrez Harrell, solid backup, big. They've just got a couple of extra pieces. Daniel House, like, you know, I don't expect a lot of those dudes to be playing when it hits playoff time, but I think that they'll, you know, if Harden sits, you can play De'Anthony Melton 30 minutes with Matisse Thibel and not lose a shitload and probably gain a lot on defense, actually. So would you say 51? 51 would be their over, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll take the over, but I'll stand by what I have said I don't think I don't think James Harden's a winner. I think Joel I'll Embiid. No, yeah, well, I think Joel Embiid fucks around too much and like is too focused on the wrong things. Um and I, I'm so hoping James Harden. I would nothing more other than like a Murray or Porter Jr. or Jokic MVP. I would love nothing more than James Harden MVP. How oh, uh, good would that be? How be good is that? It, well, it's not far fetched. He's had, he's got one before. True. If he averages 30, he could average 30 in 10, mate. You know, he could. I don't know. He I, could. I, you're right. He could. I don't think he will, but I, I'm all I'm saying is I actually don't think he's we'll see. I think I reckon um, Joel won't have an MVP season, and that would just be. And then I think the fall part in the playoffs. You're right. They got a bit deeper. I don't think they didn't bring in like functional pieces though pj Tucker's a bit polarizing Montres harrell hasn't been good since he won that six man which was three years ago now About three years ago yeah and like doesn't play a lick of defense uh melton whatever house whatever so i hear what you're saying i just um i think they'll get the over but i just i've got no faith in philly and i think the philly fan base makes it so hard to have a good can uh, team that's sort of cohesive and works together and I don't think Doc Rivers is any good at that like in fact all his teams that he's ever had have fallen apart the Boston Celtics the Clippers now these guys they fought, have fallen apart year after year he does nothing to help that um, so I just hope they fall in a heap um, and I hope I pray Joel Embiid doesn't win MVP because he's not even the best player in his position
0: let alone the best player in the league so Similarly, with the way we end every uh sixes little snippet in this podcast, their success will be dictated by what they do in the postseason.
1: I'm just thinking not be much.
0: Yeah, if Maxi pops a bit and Joel and James can mesh and those young those other pieces they add around them complement them. I think they'll hit the over and be a top four virtual lock, but they might Miami or Atlanta or Toronto might be the team that pit them. In the first round, right
1: have to wait and see. Maxi needs to touch the ball to pop. And those yeah. other two won will, will would rather die than see that yeah. happen. Then them not get their touches.
0: Anyway. We'll have to wait and see. I reckon, yeah, yeah, I hit the over as well. Uh Brooklyn Nets Fair are enough. one win higher than them, 51 and a half. So they would be a record of 52 and 30. Not impossible. Uh Betty Simmons is obviously the big addition who hasn't played in what? feels like forever. We played in the playoffs in 2021. And that was the last time we've seen him in uniform other than the other night in the preseason. Uh, solid pieces around the roster. This just hinges a little bit on what they get out of Simmons and if Kyrie's engaged because that bloke flops more than a bloody deck chair. So make make your mind up, Kyrie. Are you going to uh, try and steer the team towards a chip or are you just going to be there to get paid and then potentially cash out next offseason?
1: I watched Uncle Drew two nights ago. Oh, thoroughly how was that? enjoyed it. Oh, it actually? was really enjoyable. Yeah, it surprised okay. the shit out of me, mate. <laughs> it was Chris Webber was so good in it. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, That's a good actually, little nugget.
0: yeah, it was that.
1: like, I mean, it's poxy and it's like kind of a kids' movie, but actually, like they were just all being dumb cunts, obviously, and really yeah, enjoying bro. doing it. <laughs> So I really like that. Um what what did you say the over-under was? So I was a bit distracted.
0: Uh 51 and a half.
1: Oh man. Oh man, flip a coin, eh? Yeah. I mean,
0: coin. this could go in a hundred directions.
1: Yeah, I think they've got the 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 top three that could make it work. I think Ben Simmons actually really fits with those other two, other mm. than the, you know, you like Ben Simmons having the ball in his hand, but he only needs to do that for small portions he needs to grab the rebound and push it or he needs to be in the dunker spot and i think he can actually get that done so i i, I think they'll fit they're all engaged and locked in sure uh, i'm not sure if that'll happen but yeah i reckon uh i'll take the over i think they'll do good
0: i feel like we're going over on 70% of these East teams but I, I think I agree. I think that they could honestly push for the number one seed if everything clicks and they get an engaged Kyrie for 82 games. Might only play 69 of them but Ben is a huge obviously addition. Joe Harris coming back after missing an entire year is not nothing and then yep. they got more shooters and they got Royce O'Neill plus TJ Warren in the offseason so yeah, I do enjoy the look of the Brooklyn Nets but they're going to have to top the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 52.5. I think it's fair to say they're the, the best team in the East or the true contenders. Uh, probably, probably best in the NBA. Yeah, right up there. I mean, we gave some props to the Clippers and we think that the Nuggets will obviously do well. But with this podcast talked a little bit about how they might get off to a slower start trying to reintegrate all their stars. Yeah. 52.5. You reckon that that's, that's punchable?
1: I think they'll finish with the best record. So. They could push to 60, I think. While there's a whole lot of teams sort of refiguring out, they might just get out to a 17-3 and start, and then that really sets them up. So I I sort of see Milwaukee being the best team in the East. Probably the league. Um, Yeah, actually, definitely the league. And I think they'll go close to 60. They could go over 60 wins.
0: Yeah, I predict like a high 50s, so I'm hammering there over. I reckon that's a a good one. Uh, Go through the last one quick. The uh, Boston Celtics also a little bit of an enigma with the Ima Yudoka situation hanging over them, but they've still got the talent. They haven't changed their roster a lot either, and as we've said, continuity is worth its weight in gold, so added a couple of solid pieces. Malcolm Brogdon, if he can stay healthy, maybe a bit of a difference maker. Uh, Blake Griffin, I don't expect to do a ton, but I think fifty three and a half wins is just a little high. I reckon that they'll probably duck down. You probably have your Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, and then I'm oh, sorry, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly, and then Boston. But I still have them all in top four consideration. But I reckon yeah, the Celtics give me the most pause, and they got the highest projected win total out of those group that group. So I probably hit the under.
1: Yeah, not having a coach is immense. Um, Gallinari out. Horford has to get old. They don't have any bigs, so Not if Rob Williams is they, hurt. They're going to struggle against Joel. They're going to struggle against Giannis. They will struggle against potentially Brooklyn. Uh, well, they probably will struggle against Brooklyn. No one can grab any of those two guys. Yeah, They'll probably struggle against Adebayo. They'll prog- probably struggle against Collins, Capella. They'll probably struggle against the Raptors. Mm. They could struggle against Vucevic. They could struggle against Mobley and Allen. Allen. Um, you know? So, I, yeah, I'll take the under. Um, I don't rate Jason Tatum as highly as everyone else does, although he had a great finish to last year, so full credit. They're so up and down, the Celtics. I, I sort of think they might. Do. What did they get last year?
0: Well, I just had it here and then close the window. One moment, boys, okay. 51.
1: I think they'll probably do pretty similar to that. Give them 50. Up and down and up and down. Go on a little run maybe at the end of the year. And then maybe yeah. do really well in the playoffs. I could still see them making noise. I just don't think the regular season's it for them. they got a lot to figure out.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right. I've got the Magic under 27.5 as one of the locks. Probably go the Bucks over 52, even if they don't get the best seed in the conference. I think that they yeah. will win more uh, They'd have to lose roughly 30 games to hit that mark. They'll probably lose closer to 25. Um, the Hornets, I think, might go under, but I'm not super sold on it. But I've got the Wizards over it as well at 30, uh, 35 and a half. So a couple of okay. money-making machines in there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I like those. Alrighty. Here we go. Mount Rushmore time. Here we go. Uh, this is a tough one. Yeah, and this, this is not me making excuses, but I've... Uh, I feel like I'm underprepared again, which means that I'm probably bound to take something stupid with my fourth pick. <laughs> but that will be the last pick of the draft because your boy just managed to scrape out a dub last week in the GOAT conversation. Uh, the fourth pick definitely nearly ruined it, but going a bit off kilter might have uh, persuaded some voters against you. There's only seven votes separating the two of us last week, though. So quite oh, a okay. tight one. Uh, I'm glad 11 that was to tight. seven. 11 to seven, we've now got head to head all time. So right. you know, respectable, very respectable uh, numbers. Today we're drafting the biggest AFL trades ever, and not necessarily the ones that were the most lopsided, but just you know, this trade was had like huge ramifications around the league, or somewhat like that. So uh, yeah. I've got okay. I've got a bit of a bit of a clunky list, uh, and it's not really in order. But I've you got, got, got first a huge pick. list. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, got... I literally. Have scoured through over the last hour before this started, Uh, and you know I was watching a show at at the same time. But yeah, every trade that's happened since the AFL started. Good. Well,
0: this this should be a fun one then.
1: Uh, Kick it off. No, but it is a tricky one. Well, I'll I'll kick it off just before we start. Yeah. You know, so picks that at the time seemed insignificant. You know what I mean? Like our rookie. Let's say it was a rookie. Uh, if if you got a rookie fucking Nat five, yeah, and you traded pick three or you know like it, does that where does that rate on this scale? I sort of this is a pretty loose one. This is loose.
0: Yeah, you're or right, it is is it
1: bigger at the mo at the time, and you're like, oh, huge players moving.
0: I've kind of gone of the huge players moving, but also like, oh, did you see that? Like they got this bloke in which? I've kind of encompassed both, I guess, to answer your question.
1: Okay. All right. I'll just just have a go. Uh, well, obviously, I'm going to take the, the, the big one. Um, and I think probably would have been top of both of our lists. I'll take the Judd Kennedy trade. Worked mm-hmm. out great for both. Was huge at the time. Um, funnily, I think West Coast kind of won it. Um, in the long run Um, but these are the things you don't really find out for another decade but I'll take Judd Kennedy that was just a biggie
0: you know and thank god we got JK it's hard to go past that one honestly Uh, I mean you're right it's kind of tough to project with regards to draft picks like oh they gave up blank 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 like who those draft picks turn into I think is, is factored in but it's okay. t- at the t- at the time when the trade happens, you're right. You're like, uh, Because what? Who'd they get? They got in that Judd trade. They got Marston, Kennedy, and...
1: Tony Noddy.
0: T- the man, the Swan Districts legend. Because <laughs> um, for my first one, I think, you know, even if you go just off face value for the two pieces of this trade, I'm going with the Dockers one where they gave up pick number one to get Trent crowe that then turned into Luke Hodge, you know? Okay. It was okay. a year after another one that I might talk about later, but they basically got Crowder McFarlane, you know, McFarlane, great free mental servant, don't get me wrong, but they gave up pick mm. one twenty and 36 and pick 36 turned into Sam Mitchell. So you effectively lost the chance to draft Hodge and Mitchell. So, but, you know, you and, could say that there are a lot of teams did 35 picks. Beforehand, lose the chance to draft Sam Mitchell. But if you just purely go on Hodgie versus Trent Crow to McFarlane, arguably the greatest captain of our generation, no offence, Joel Selwood. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a bit of a blunder, but also like a huge, dramatically cha- dramatic changing trade for both franchises.
1: You also missed out on Luke Ball and Chris Judd in that draft too. So. Yeah,
0: like there was a lot of talent at the top of the pecking order.
1: Righto, uh, I'm going to move right along. Yeah. Um pertinent right now. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Patrick Dangerfield trade oh, where Dangerfield was traded for Dean Gore. Yeah, yuck. And probably some picks, but...
0: Wayne Miller uh, was how's, the
1: other one in that deal. Oh, yeah, so good on you. And no, but didn't he get... Tra- no,
0: obviously he's still there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it might so, have been
0: a pick shuffle to get Miller, but still, yeah. Wolf. Yeah.
1: Good job, uh, good job there, Adelaide. That pretty much... Oh, they, they made the final next year, but that really changed the, that's left them where they are now, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, oh, damn, I was going to take that one, but I can't now. Uh, I think I'm going to, with my next one, also Kevin, I'm moving quick, I'm going to steer my attention towards another Josh Kennedy. It was Josh Kennedy being traded oh. from Hawthorne to Sydney. Uh, they traded him and Ben McGlynn for pick 39, 46 and 70, which If you just think of the worth of those picks, I don't even actually have down here who they took with those picks, but like three picks after 39 for a bloke that goes on to have the most contested possessions in AFL history, all right up there in that mark, that's a dumb move. So JPK to the Swans is my second pick.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. Well, oh, man, there's a lot of good ones that I could take. It's tough to pigeonhole, eh? Yeah, and look, this sort of falls back into the you know, like at the time it seemed like like much, but all right, well then if we're doing that, I'm going to go. Frio Dockers, they come up, they're probably going to come up a lot in this list. Frio Dockers had the chance to have your favorite player of all time on their list, and instead they ended up getting. I haven't even written his first name, so I don't know what it is. (laughs) Because he's so unknown. Something Groom. Chris Groom. Chris Groom and Andy McLeod goes on to have one of the greatest careers of any player ever at the Adelaide Crows. 300 games, two Norm Smiths. And that could have been your Dockers.
0: Yeah, congratulations. I reckon uh, you just won the draft with that pick because I was going to take it but then thought I might be able to get it one more onwards. Uh, Useless sports be stat. How many games do you reckon Chris Groom played for the Dockers? Seven. Mm. Did you know that?
1: I, I looked at the whole list, mate. Yeah. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Um. All right. So
1: you could still win this. I'm looking at my list. There's still still winnable.
0: To me, free, ai eh? I'm I'm going back to the uh, Douglas board. Oh man. Oh no. What are Look you doing? Here? Oh. It, it just pains me to why? Why did I pick this as a mountain rushmore? Just flicking through these articles, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's another fuck up by the boys. Um,
1: oh yeah, I know, I know where
0: you're going. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, blowing the shot to draft Scotty Lucas by trading for Todd Ridley, Tony Delaney, Dale no <laughs> it keeps going. Uh, so they basically got those three blokes and they gave up pick four and draft concession and the concession was used to pick Maddie Lloyd, and pick four was used Ooh. to pick Scotty Lucas. Like That's a pretty big one. Okay. <laughs> pretty big, right. like, twin-tower combo. So, yeah, fuck me for you. Uh,
1: back to you. Okay. All right. Man, there's still some really good ones on the board. Um, all right. I'm going to go for the one of the ones that, you know, at the time probably seemed inconsequential, but changed the face of a, an entire franchise and gave them – Probably their greatest player of all time. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to <laughs> go Brisbane trading Nathan Buckley away. Mm. For Collingwood. for like it was like pick 30 or pick 40 or something. It was nothing, but for absolutely nothing. And then Buckley goes on to be Buckley. Um, and boy, have I left some good ones on the table. Uh, I won't honourable mention yet. I've got mine locked
0: go. in. You know, what? I'm not I'm not going to pivot, so go on, spill them.
1: Well, I, I should note. No, no, you go first, and then we'll, okay. we'll honourable.
0: after. Yeah, right. Uh, just from a, like, big person changing clubs, the trade at the time involved a captain of the current club. It's like oh, a okay. massive flip for Tom Boyd going to the Doggies and Ryan Griffin. And I think pick six, which turned into Caleb Marchbank to... Uh, GWS. So, you know, a captain wanted out, traded is like massive news. Could have looked at Jeremy Cameron as well. Um, I did have the Tim Kelly trade kind of shortlisted. Brad Ottens was another big one that moved house. But, uh, yeah, talking JK Danger, Eddie McLeod and Bucks compared to Trent Crowe, Josh Kennedy, Matty Lloyd slash Lucas and Tommy Boyd. That's a tight one, but I think you you just bit me again.
1: All right. Well, let's get on to the honourable mentions because there's a tonne. I don't know if it counts. Gary Ablett Jr. to Gold mm. Coast. It was a bit of a weird move, um, yep. with like a, but that's huge. Plug a locket to Sydney.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a great one.
1: I was surprised at this one. Bill Matera was not a West Coast Eagle his whole career. and I'm I am almost certain, know that. I'm almost certain. Uh, I could be a little bit wrong on this one, but I'm pretty sure he was traded from Frio. So someone fact-check that for me. Yep. (laughs) For someone called something Hines. Um, Another. this is a good one for you boys. Sinclair for Peter Bell.
0: Mm.
1: Wayne Carey. Uh, Oh, yeah, I
0: did
1: the Carey one. Dane Zorko came over for Warnock. We got the Mark Williams trade involving Sean Burgoyne to the Hawks. That was pretty huge. The freer one I thought you were going to do was Lockie Neal. Oh, yeah. Huge and has changed um, the Lions' future or prospects. Jeremy Cameron, huge. Um, Jeff Farmer coming over. That was good. Gav Wanganin, Mal Michael. Um, Jared Schofield got traded for Scotty Cummings. So thank <laughs> God we did that. That's a. That's yeah. A- so <laughs> there, there, there was a lot there. Dom Tyson got traded for Josh Kelly's pick.
0: Oh, that's massive! Yeah, I looked There's at the the Yowie one. Whoever Brisbane took a pick twenty eight, I don't know if he made an mm. AFL debut. So that was a massive one. Uh, mm. I the Gary Ablett to the Suns one was squashed between uh, two characters and slipped through the radar. Okay. That would have been another good one to have. But I feel like yeah. you know we could probably, as we say with a lot of these Mount Rushmore, probably do another second list of characters. So, mm.
1: I think I, it, my order was Judd. Then the Ablett Jr. Jun- or oh, Dangerfield Ablett Jr., then plug a locket. But then you were picking weird ones and I changed it. Mm. So I'm glad I got Buckley and McLeod. Um, but yeah, boy, there's been some lopsided trades and will continue to be. Yeah, I think the Andy Brayshaw one down the line will be looking at that one going, you fucking yeah.
0: idiots. I nearly sniffed at that one, but I'm like, oh, it's tough to Not project yet. forward. Like, Too early. Too three early. years in. Yeah. yeah, Another hopefully tight mm-hmm. one, but. I think I know who won. Uh, I'll have to, have to be back uh, next week on the airwaves to rehash all the trade moves. Might do a little bit of uh, the most important storylines in the NBA as well, because we're only about, yeah. we're nearly 10 days away from the start of the season. I'm fucking, oh, pumped can't and not I'm excited, boys. I can't
1: wait. Let's go. Americans
0: wins uh, more games Denver Nuggets or Cleveland Cavaliers. Denver. Yep, I agree. So I'm glad we uh, quickly covered that <laughs> at the back end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the the order of podcasts has been all over the shop we might have to return to a hub day edition next week yeah okay. all right let's party hard let's get to the pub you see you there you